to Perspectives with Catherine Toon, and I have a new friend who feels like I've known her forever, and her name is Heather McKernan, and I just love her. I know you're going to fall in love with her, and really, the moment I met her, I knew I had to have her on the program. So, um, welcome, Heather, and I'm so glad to have you. Thank you. Hi, how are you today? I am good, and I'm excited. You know, one of the beautiful things about Heather is she just flows with God so seamlessly. It just pours, like God oozes out of her. And I know you don't know her yet. I will read a little bio so we kind of get some facts on Heather. But the moment she speaks, you're going to say, oh, yeah, she needed to be on. So uh, I will just read this and then we'll kind of get started. So Heather McKernan has been walking with God all her life. She's going to be 50 this year and has two adult sons, Preston, 28, Christian, 24. And rounding out her group of guys is her five-year-old grandson, Carson. She lives in upstate New York, where she has spent most of her, her life. She is a certified life coach, ordained in ministry, and is studying theology at WBSU. She works full-time in manufacturing in the season where she is a department lead, where she considers which she considers part of her ministry. She is a child of God, first and foremost. She has walked through many dark places, depression, anxiety, divorce, rejection, and also stage 3A breast cancer, which she called The Journey. Every day is a journey to which you never know the direction in which it may take you. She has a love and passion for God, although she's not was not brought up in the four walls of the church. She has known God since she was a child. She has set her heart to see others set free. She will lay down her life for the one. Her wish is to see them walk in the peace and love of the Father. The expression of God she carries is a is a cultivating one that helps others see their true self. And this is so true. I I love this. And you so carry that peace and love of the Father and just the heart to see the one before you. It's so beautiful. You know, so many people um, are hurting because they, they they feel like they're not seen. And so when you come and you start to minister, oh my goodness, you make them seen not only by you, by, by, but by this God who you know so well. So tell me about this revelation you have about the peace and love of the Father, about ministering to the one. It's such a thing on your heart. Well, it started about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, even before that, like it, I just naturally flowed in that gift growing up. About 10 years ago, I was going through a really rocky divorce and I was a mess and I was crying out to God and didn't even realize it. Like I was journaling to him, didn't realize I was journaling to him. Amazing. And, and I coming out of that, when I came through that, I saw the love that the father had for me. Like he showed up, he Mm -hmm. showed up with such an amazing power and Things that I was struggling with, he took it overnight. Wow. And I was like, if he can do this for me, he can do this for other people. Wow. And I ended up just like running after him. The passion that I had in the world, I like fixed it all on him. And I told him that, you know, because of what he did for me, I would do it for other people. That I would stand in that place for other people. You know, I was like, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do. And I tell him, even if it's just for the one, the one person and everyone that sat before me is the one person, whether it's in the church or it's at my job or wherever I get to have those intimate spaces with people, Mm. I try to pull the gold out on the inside of them. That's so beautiful. You know, and I love that so much because, you know, you said you were crying out to God. You didn't even know you were crying out to God. You were journaling your heart out to God and you didn't even know you were journaling out to God. And I feel like so many people that that's where they are. They're really crying out to God, but they don't know they're crying out to God. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, 
And then God sometimes sends people like you or like me or whatever. And, you know, to be able to answer that cry, was there someone, when you said God answered that cry, um, was it just an encounter that you had or did you have an encounter through someone else's ministry or through someone else? What did that look like? Uh, so what first happened is I had, was talking to a friend of mine and she was telling me what God was doing in her life. And I was like, that's kind of neat. And then I went to Barnes and Noble and I was walking in like new age. So I would go to the new age section and get myself spiritual books to, cause I knew, I knew that Coming I was spiritual. Right. So I, most of the time I would go to the new age section. Well, this one time I go to the Christian section and I stood there and I'm, I'm standing there and I have this prayer and I say, God, Whatever book I'm supposed to leave this store with, you're going to put it in my hands. Nice. So I'm standing there and I just start reading down through the bindings. And I see this this book. It's called Kiss the Girls and Made Them Cry What Women oh. Lose When They Give In by Lisa Bevere. I'm very familiar with that book. Yes. I pulled that book off of the shelf and I brought it home. Oh, and wow. I wasn't going to church at this point. This was all mm-hmm. organic. I wasn't right. going to church. I had no one was discipling me. I tell people at that time I was a weddings and funeral Christian. I didn't even go to church for Easter and Christmas. It was weddings and funerals. That was W and F Christian, right? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I, um, I put, filled that book off the shelf and I brought it home and night after night I would lay in bed and read it. Wow. And I don't even know when it was. I don't know what night it was in the process of reading it. But I come to the scripture of John 8. The woman that was caught in the act of adultery was in that book. And, you know, I'm reading through it. And as I'm going down through that scripture in the book, Jesus says, where are your accusers? And she was like, I don't know. And he goes, then I condemn you neither. And as soon as I read that, it was like something shot up on the inside of me. And like, I have no gauge for Christianity at this point. Right. So I get up out of the bed and I'm on the floor in my bedroom, just weeping and crying out to Jesus. Oh my. And it was, that was after this journaling that I had done Mm -hmm. that. And when I went back after this instance, I found out that I had journaled and asked him to come into my life and help me because I couldn't do it myself. Boy. Yes. That's a prayer he likes to answer. <laughs> yeah. He loves so, that. Oh, I love it. And he knew exactly which one. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a tract on how to get saved. It was a revelation of God's heart towards women is really what that book is about. I, I love Lisa Bevere and her journey and, and her authenticity. And I love that book. Um, but it's so beautiful and it's what you needed. And who knew that once one scripture was going to bam, was going to explode on the inside. Um, wow. That's yeah. just beautiful. That is beautiful. I love it. It's so organic. <laughs> it is, and that and that's the way my walk is. People mm-hmm. like I would go when I finally started going to church. I was like, I don't feel like I fit here because God does everything so organically with me. Like it's it's not forced. I don't have to read ten verses a day right. to know who He is, to know how much He loves me, to know what He's saying. Mm-hmm. And so I'm walking through that, and I kind of like. I don't have any foundation right. and I'm inside of me. I'm like struggling with what I'm hearing from the pulpit because I'm like, this doesn't resonate with the God that I feel that mm. I know. Ooh, that that's good. So talk, talk about that a little bit, because I think a lot of people that's like resonating, which is probably why some of those people are new agey right now, you know, whatever. Right. So this whole, I, I there's this knowledge of God I have on the inside and what's being preached at the pulpit is not, that's not that. That's not the God I know. Yeah. So being rejected, being mm. accused, being, yeah. you know, multiple things through my life, I go into church and I'm hearing the, them talk about love and love, not only love, but like hell and, have, you know, heaven and mm-hmm. that God rejects you if you don't do what he says to do. And 
I'm like, no, because I was in this pit and God come and pulled me out of it. I did nothing. And he come and pulled me out of it. He just loved me that much. And so it was hard. And they were preaching love and telling us to be love, but they weren't showing love. And so just a lack of revelation. Like if he loves you enough in the pit to pull you out, it's not like, well, the program's changed now. And these are the 10 things you need to do to get saved and say, stay, stay saved. Right. And right, right. It doesn't change. You're just loved. And you walk in yes. that relationship with him where you're not condemned and where you're forgiven and where you're just adored, right? Where you're struggling. That's amazing. Well, keep on sharing. This is great. <laughs> Yeah, so I so I would go into the church and I would just I would it would almost feel like there was a war raging on the inside of me because I couldn't and what would happen is once worship started mm-hmm. I I would be disconnected from the body. I would be so in the spirit at that mm-hmm. point. So when they would start preaching, I was gone and God was talking to me. Right. Like I was in that space, but I was in the spirit because it, it was, I went into the spirit. Yeah. yeah. And what you were hearing was mixture, right? Yeah. And so you're in the spirit where it's just all love. There's no mixture. It's all grace. There's no law, right? And you're like, okay, this is not, I'm staying here. <laughs> good, good idea. Stay in that space. Um, so, and as you continued to journey, what did that look like? So I, in the beginning, for like the first two years, I was kind of like waxing and waning because I had nobody to really come and like put me under their wing, Mm -hmm. but other than God and Holy Spirit. Right. So it was one of those things that I, I was still in the world a little bit and I was out of the world and I was in the world and I was out of the world. And all of a sudden, one of my girlfriends who I've had since I was a kid, she says to me, Mike and I, her husband, we would like to pay for you to go to this healing school of Bethesda that's going to be at the church. We'll pay for you to go. It's four days. If you say yes, we'll pay for it. So I'm still crazy in the world at this point because I haven't come into <laughs> sanctification and all that good stuff. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm like, I'll try it. I'll do it. So then I say yes. And this war starts going on inside my head. I don't want to do it, but they paid for it. So I got to do it. I don't want to do it. I got to do it. I don't want to do it. I got to do it. This whole for like a month. Wow. And I'm like, Heather, just settle down. I went because they paid for it. So I went and I get there and like, I didn't know scripture because I, like I said, I wasn't in the show. I didn't right. know scripture. So one of the first scriptures <laughs> that popped up was the sins of the father go down, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm beating myself up there because oh, my kids, no. yeah, my kids, like, you know, they're going to carry the stuff that I carried. So it's like, ah, but I think we have to go through these things anyways. Yeah, sure. Because God will bring us in there to bring other people out. For sure. For sure. Have, we, we need to be able to crisis. know. All these things in the context of who he is. Yeah. So keep going. Sorry. That's like, but that no, was that's probably fine. not the first scripture you needed to bump into. <laughs> I forgive you. No, I don't. It's on your kids. You know, something's wrong here. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> but I think I had to walk through that journey because I had to be in the church and see yeah. what happens in the church. Sure. For sure. You can't until you are been under that, that sort of religious spirit. You don't even know it exists. And one of the things that we're doing is setting people free from, from that mess as well as kind of the mess in the world. There's just lots of different flavors of mess, (laughs) but um, there's one God who's beautiful, who loves everybody in whatever mess they're in. I'm I'm grateful. There's messes in my life that still need to be cleaned up and yay, he's still in it. Yeah, so I was warring uh, with, I'll be honest, I was warring with sexual addiction at the mm-hmm. time that I come into this healing. Sure. Thing. And it had like overtaken me. Right. And that's why I was crying out to God because yeah. I needed his help. I couldn't stop it. Yeah. And so I go into this and that's what I was afraid those sins were going to go on my my oh, kids. So it was man. like, oh, so it broke my heart as a mother. Like I didn't want to do that to my kids. So right. that was like my first thought. 
But what I can tell you is even though that was the first scripture I encountered in there, Mm -hmm. and that was my first thought, by the time I got out of that healing school, I had gained so much understanding in in my flesh to my spirit Mm -hmm. that I went home one night and I removed everything in my house that had to do with that addiction. Yeah. I put it all in a garbage bag and I put it out the door and I was like, and God took the urge for that addiction from me overnight. That's so amazing. Wow. Overnight, but it's then so I had painful. to walk out the healing. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, good, good statement. So you took, it took the urge for the addiction, but had to walk out the healing because this is in your mind and in your relationship with yourself and your body and your sexuality and with men and blah, 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 blah. right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so I took that and I, I took it all out of the house. I like got rid of it, threw it in my car, garbage bag in my car. The next day I brought it to the dump. So it was completely disposed of anything and everything that was in that. And I was like, this passion that I had for men Mm -hmm. now had turned to God. Wow. Wow. It's beautiful. And, and also what came out of that was the dance. Okay, tell me about that. Sounding awesome. <laughs> so I'm not like I like to dance. I, I I would like to go to dance. You know, if you go to a party, you dance, you have yeah. fun. And I, when I come out of that four days, and that passion was turned to God. The worship, the dance worship. Oh. I'd never seen anybody do it before, yeah. and it just came out of me. Yeah, I've seen you dance. Oh my God, it is. Like, I don't have words. It's just heavenly. And it's such a deliverance, um, just freedom and beauty and powerful. It's such a ministry of movement and a manifestation of God in the flesh, looking like Heather, who's dancing. And it's, ooh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so I can feel it. That, I know, me too. I'm like, wow, goosebumps, yay. So it's so beautiful. So how did you develop that gift? Because no one did any, no one taught you except Holy Spirit, yeah. right? Holy um, Spirit. Yeah, Holy Spirit taught you. Wow. He's so faithful. I would, every time I could get to church, and like in this time, like I was going to church three, four, five times a night. Wherever I heard like God was present, I was going there because I wanted every bit of him that I could get. So I would get in worship and I had to go up front. Like I had to be at the altar. I had to take my shoes off and I had to be at the altar. And I just, and I didn't have flags at that time. So it was only my arms and my body. And I would just, with all of my heart, I would just worship him. Oh, wow. Beautiful. So beautiful. And I would, and I would just sit there and just take my whole, like I would, there were times it was like, I could feel me just ripping my chest open in the spirit and just being like, here I am, here I am. I love you that I like, I just love you. Here I am. And I would lay, I would just sit there and pour myself out to him. Right. So, so healing. Like when we, you know, when you do that, it's not like, it's not, I mean, God, God heals like you, that oneness, you experience that oneness and that love and it just heals and it delivers. And it's, it's, it's beyond words. It's beyond yeah. words. And then it also releases encounters for other people. Right. And so it's, it's everything. So you receive and it flows out of you and you give, and you didn't even know you were doing it. I bet is so <laughs> not not at first right. not at first right. that, but then I saw what was happening like I could feel it I could see it yeah. in the spirit and I could yeah. feel it yeah and I and when I would go into bigger meetings like I would get where I could be in my seat at work in worship and all of a sudden this sound this scream would come out of me this mm. sound mm-hmm. And the first time it happened the woman in front of me was hit with the spirit I ended up having to put her because I was like in a crowd up about the altar, like we were right. like all touching and that sound came out of me and the woman in front of me went down on the ground. Like I had to put her on the ground 
the power of God had hit her. And the guy, like two, two people over from me got hit with the spirit and started praying in tongues right. and never prayed in tongues. And that was the first time that release ever came out of me. Wow. And I was like, this Oof. is not, and a lot of pastors, you know, thought it was not of God. They probably thought it was demonic. So they're getting ready yes. to cast out demons. <laughs> Yes, that's Jesus. Okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> no, no. no, that's what it was. That's yeah, what it was. yeah. Because like, I could feel it and see it. So, so I was like, "Oh God!" So then you're like, "Am I doing something wrong?" Because I have no gauge for it. Right? Exactly. Oh, it's such a pure heart. It just all comes it's so beautiful. Oh my God! And the pure of heart see God, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so that first time that happened, I was like, okay, I had no gauge for it. Like, what the heck is going on? But then I would go into bigger conferences and it would do, I would do that. They'd be pulling me out going, there's a sound that's going to come out of you and it's going to break people forth. And I'm going, wow, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. You know, and I can fast forward to till today with that. It's like I can get into a meeting and I can start singing in the spirit Mm -hmm. and I can feel other people start to come in the flow. Yeah. And I could feel the connection and the unity in worship where people just our heartbeat starts beating as one for the father. Wow. Wow. And it's like, it's just incredible. It but is. it came out of that worship, that, that place that I was broken. And I just, I poured out my box on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? He took that place of, of brokenness and not only heals it, but takes that very place and makes it a place of freedom and ministry. It's like there's gold that came from that very place that was so broken. It's that beauty for ashes. Um, and it gave you, it gives you such a heart for the one before you, right? Oh, you yes. don't know the love of Papa's love. You don't know that, but oh, let me just help you. And how he sees you and how he adores you right where you're at in the midst. And that thing that has got you in bondage that you're so ashamed of. Oh, he wants to remove that from you. And he wants to heal your heart that set you up for that thing. Right. And then he just wants you to uh, be one with him and enjoy him and let him enjoy you. And then he ministers to others. And it's so it's catchy. It, it, it's Holy Ghost infection, <laughs> right? Yeah, more than COVID. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my goodness! Oh my god! And it's so beautiful because I, I I see it on you, and I'm like, oh, right? And then you just get drawn. You get drawn. It's just it's beautiful. It's so beautiful, and it's so sad because I've seen some people in there, um, I'm kind of walking out of religion, um, and things, um, like. You know, well, we don't have to worship. We don't have to read our Bibles and you don't have to do anything, but you get to. And so it's the place where we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? Because there's definitely bathwater in the church, but there's bathwater in the world. There's just bathwater. It is a thing. But man, there's baby. (laughs) And it's beautiful. And you hold on to the baby and let that, let that draw you into what it looks like for you. And it's so personal. I, that's one of the things I love so much about your, it's so personal and intimate and it's just so there on display in such a gorgeous way. And it draws people. It draws people that don't have that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, you know, and I try like, I've, I've been hidden. God has kept me hidden over the last 10 years. I've been, I've been in a place of, you know, that hiding, mm-hmm. not, you know, being hidden, not mm-hmm. really hiding, but being but, hidden. And in the process of me, him, like just molding my heart into like what he created it for. Yeah. It's always been there. My mother had a heart, that same heart. I see it in my kids. It's just something that we carry. And I, I've been in that hiding place with him and I know that I'm getting ready to come out, but I try to stay humble. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm okay if I don't have a stage. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you, I don't care if he only keeps me just for the one. Mm-hmm. I, either way, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with him. So beautiful. And I love what I love about that. Cause I am very familiar with that process of being hidden, 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 hidden. Um, and, and I think a lot of times the hiding um, you know, when, when things are fragile and need shoring up, a lot of times they're, they're hidden, 
You know what I mean? Where you have wounds, you bandage them and it's an inner, it's, it's an inside out healing and it's a prep and a preparation time. But there is a time when the hidden becomes manifested. And, you know, that's part of what he's doing because he's unveiling you because you're a treasure. You're, you're such, you're so beautiful, such a gem. And that's a display, a display of a splendor, but the, the display of the splendor that you are with him and the intimacy that you carry. And because you're so rooted and grounded and so hu- humble, it gets to go on display, but it, it doesn't look like anything gross, right? It's just right. beautiful. And that is powerful because people are so hungry. Oh my God, for the real deal. Yeah. And I try to be as real. You're going to see me with like looking like, uh, I'm, I love God, but you're all going to, you're also going to see me in my craziness, like just who I am, my, my personality. (laughs) And, and I unapologetically don't apologize for my personality. Where I used to be before, I was such a people pleaser and yeah. I was so nervous about everything, what people thought of me, how they thought it. Like that ran my life. I didn't even know who I was because I let what everybody else, what I thought everybody thought of mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. run my life. Boy. And that is something when you're talking about healing, boy, is that something that, that so many need to be healed. And I've been a people pleaser and I've been a worried about what other people think and I, I mean, honestly, I just, I can't deal. I just like, I just don't have time for that anymore. Um, but it, it required a healing and it got there probably honestly, right? Yes. And so he yes, wanted to heal it because the fear of man does bring a sma- snare, right? But God yes. just wants to shore that up so that you can just be Heather in all her glorious craziness, delightful craziness. Um, and we need Heather. <laughs> we need the Heather, Heather needs Heather. Yes, yes, and Heather needs Heather. Exactly. Um, and so how did he lead you in that process of kind of self-discovery? Like, who am I really? <clears throat> so after I come out of that healing school, mm-hmm. I um I actually heard Katie some of Katie Sousa's stuff mm-hmm. about inner healing. Right. So I'm like, there's something to this. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was worshiping, I was praying in tongues a lot, and I would just ask him to show me what was there that was not of him mm-hmm. that needed to be healed. Yeah, so good. And I would do this over and over again. Every time, every time my prayer was like, show me what is not of you and heal mm-hmm. it. Replace the lie with your truth. And part of this, like, yes, I saw what Katie Souza did, but part of it was so organic because it became like a natural, a natural reaction. Like once Mm -hmm. I saw the process, I was like, okay. And once I realized that when I let go of the pain of situations Mm -hmm. and he brought the truth in Mm -hmm. that I was free. And sometimes some of the healings took, you know, multiple processes because they went deep and they had layers with them. But once he started showing me, replacing the lie that I was thinking about myself or a situation with his truth about the situation or myself, I was like, oh, I like this. I like this process. And so I started going through that and he systematically helped me heal on multiple levels. Yes. Self-esteem, um, self-hatred, uh, people pleasing, mm-hmm. rejection, mm-hmm. and just over time and me just trusting his process and saying, okay, here, you give this, you give this junk up to me and I'll give you gold back. And he always you, does, you give the he? dirt to me and yeah. I'll grow flowers in it. So beautiful. Oh, I love that. Yeah. If it's toxic, he wants it. And then he gives you something beautiful in exchange. It's such, it's, it's a divine exchange. And, uh, he's so faithful. And I love the way he just led you organically. And it, I mean, it's awesome to have teachers and everything. We take advantage of all of it, but ultimately it's about our personal one-on-one relationship that we can cultivate that every person has. And it looks differently with every person, but that's for every, person and then we we're, we're able to start to heal in all the areas of brokenness that we all have we all live in the same world and we've taken hits right we have learned lies yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And then eventually he started um, having you minister that. Yeah. Yeah. Which it was pretty quick. Like I could feel like I, it was just right out of the gate. I started ministering to people cause I could see it. Like I could see who I was supposed to go over and speak to. And I, was I always on the mark? Probably not. Probably not. But God gave me the grace to go and do it in the church. The church that I went to at the time also gave me the grace to do nice. it. They allowed me to be in that space. They saw so the gift and they said, go. Yes, that's awesome. So then, you know, I'm walking through it, walking through it, and I'm ministering to people and loving on people. And then I started, I got connected with ILD and I ended up taking life coaching and life coaching certification through them. And in that process, while I'm going through that, God starts talking to me about communication, like mm. how people communicate. Then he starts talking to me about the love language, mm. love languages and different like, per- and he started showing me that we are all created uniquely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's bad. That one person is not like another person or doesn't communicate like another person. It just means that he created us all so uniquely different. Exactly. And are we willing to lay ourselves down to see the uniqueness Mm. of how another person is created? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so true. It's like eyes to see because it's not, it's not like me, but it's like you. And that's, beautiful and powerful and valid. Right. Um, and, and, and everything, you know, and, and even where there's brokenness, there's still that original design of what he designed. And so we're all in processes of healing and whatever, right. And being conformed into the image of Christ. But in the meantime, there's something we have to offer that looks like us and him and our unique uniqueness in that communication style and all of those different things. This is awesome. Keep on going. Yeah. So I was, so I started like, I started walking through that and seeing people differently. Mm, And at the tail end of going through my certification, I found out, I found a lump and that I had breast cancer. So Mm. I finished my certification for life coaching at the beginning of my, of the breast cancer journey. Wow. And that was that was one of those things that was crazy to lead into that it was no kidding. going from going from oh god you're teaching me all this great stuff about people to what am i walking through now right like bam hit you you know but i think when we pray that crazy prayer god show me how you love people God, teach me to love like you love. Wow. Oh, wow. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. that's those, those are my prayers. That's how I, show me your character, God. I want to know your character. I want to, that's how I pray. That's mm. like when I pray, that's I don't beautiful. pray, give me this. Show me your character. Right. Show me your love. Teach me to love. So I think when you pray those crazy prayers like that, or you say, I want to, I want wisdom, God. Can you give me wisdom? Wisdom. <laughs> I think you got to go through some stuff to get those kind of answers. And so I get, I get diagnosed with breast cancer and I'm like, okay, God's got me. I know his power at this point. I've seen his power. Mm -hmm. He's got me. I'm not going anywhere. He's got me. And people were telling me what I needed to do. They were telling me I needed to read healing scriptures over myself. And they said, you know, where's the sin? Is it, you know, who sinned? Was it you or your family? And I was, I was like, uh, no, no. You're so hyper-focused and, on sin. It's crazy. And I was, uh, every time they would come at me with one of these things that I had to do, it's like, right. everything inside of me was like, I, I just want to hurt you. Because this is not who God is. Let's <laughs> just be honest. Okay, keep going. I know. I know. I know. But it's true. It's like, oh, my gosh. Like, go away. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Yeah. Whew. So I say to God, I say to God, I say, what? This is, the, this is what I say. What do you say? Yeah. What a concept. 
Yes. <laughs> right. What do you say? And was he searching for the sin that caused the can? I mean, okay, keep going. Yeah. Probably not. So I, I, I don't know if it was two days or two weeks that he finally answered me. I don't know the time frame. Mm-hmm. I know it wasn't too long, but it wasn't instantly. Mm-hmm. But I'm driving down the road to the hospital one day to go to an appointment for treatment and stuff like that. And he says to me, he goes, didn't I heal the blind man different ways? And I said, yes, yes, you did. Mm-hmm. And he goes, the one they came to me and said, who sinned, him, him or his family? I said, neither. This is for you and the glory to be revealed. Yes. And I knew, I was like, that's my scripture. Mm. I held on to that scripture. That that was like, that was my end. Mm. That was my end. So good. So I held on to that scripture and every time it looked crazy, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because. Sure. Well, so I had the, I had the DNA testing done, the genetic testing done to make sure nobody else in my family had it. And he goes, he says to me, didn't I tell you neither you nor your family? I'm like, yeah, you did. (laughs) I'm like, I just got to give them peace, God. You know, they want peace. Right. So I walked like walking through pneumonia after my like second treatment, I ended up with pneumonia. Mm. And then down, down the ways, I ended up with an infection from radiation damage that was oh, so wow. bad. That took like a long time. I ended up having seven surgeries just for reconstruction. Mm. So when they went in after, cause I had chemo first, so when they went in and did the surgery and they took out everything Mm -hmm. they said they didn't find not one cancer cell was left wow 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 and I was like okay god you did it yeah I knew you were gonna do it and um and so it was those people around me watched Mm. they watched yeah they they watched the grace that he gave me it's amazing and they knew, they knew it wasn't, they knew it wasn't me just being strong. Oh, right. They knew, huh. right. They knew it was God. Wow. It's beautiful. And the doctor, my plastic surgeon knows that doctor, the do, plastic surgeon knows that God did a miracle because he was going to have to, like, I was going to lose a lot more than they thought I was going to lose because right. of the, of the, the infection and God sustained it. Thank you, Jesus. So it was one of those things where my plastic surgeon is like, Heather, it was, it was a miracle. He come in to do the surgery for the infection. Uh And he, he goes, I've, I've been up all, I was up half the night. My wife told me I had to go to sleep because I was trying to figure out how to save it. Oh, Wow. Wow, wow. He goes, I know, I, I know that I need to save it. And I'm trying, mm-hmm. was trying to figure it out. I said, don't worry. I said, I'm all prayed up. God's got this. And when he went in to cut it open, clear flu, clear water came out. Wow. He goes, I've never seen this before. <laughs> Love it. Wow. And I, I was like, that was God. He yeah. goes, it's in the way it healed. He goes, radiated skin does not heal this way. It should not have healed. And it was healing faster than what it should have normally healed. Wow. And it healed. Yay. That is so awesome. So it was, it was, I tell people I would never take one day of that back. Wow. Because I truly learned God's grace in it Mm -hmm. compared to what we're being told. Yeah. Like it had nothing to do with sin. It had nothing Thank to do you. with my family. Right? Oh my God. So you need condemnation on top of the battle with the cancer is crazy. But anyway, so praise God for that. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I learned that it had nothing to do with that. It, God God loves us because he loves us. Absolutely. Of course. Sin is the our our sin thinking is a byproduct of our thinking. Ding da ding ding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through this whole process, I've learned, I'm like discernment 
I've learned, you know, how Jesus would go into a crowd and he'd be able to tell their thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When we're really pure at heart, we can tell other people's thoughts. It's not Mm -hmm. their evilness. It's what they think of themselves. Sure. Their brokenness that they're condemning themselves with. Of course. Wow. And it's like, I, I go into a crowd, like at work right now, I'm having such a hard time because God is still opening me up with discernment. Mm-hmm. Like I can feel the thoughts and the feelings of my coworkers. Mm-hmm. Like they're afraid of losing their job. They're afraid of the, like the new management that's in there. They, they don't like, I can feel that they don't like themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh God. Like it hurts my heart for people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like yeah. Jesus had compassion on them because he could feel what they were feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you minister to people in the work situation? How does that work? Do you feel, are there opportunities that open up for you to, you know, to minister? You got people that are hating themselves or afraid of losing their job or not liking the boss or whatever. How do you, how do you find those opportunities? You know, like, well, with work, it's one of those sticky situations because mm-hmm. so I can't go in, thus saith the Lord. But, you know, when right. you carry the fragrance of God mm-hmm. and they, oh, let me go back one step. So I'm in management mm-hmm. and I have a team that I lead. They don't want to leave my department. Aw, yay. They feel the peace. The peace of God sure. so resonates in the room. That when they go to other departments, they don't like it. Yeah. So they yeah. know. So when one of us is having a bad day, the whole team knows it. Yeah. Because they can feel it. Exactly. So I, it's easy now that I have gained their trust because that's mm-hmm. the first thing you have to do is you have to gain a person's trust. Yes. Whatever, you know, like I try to get to know people. Each one of them is different. Mm -hmm. Each person in my department is different. I try to talk to them from the space that they're in. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gotten them to trust me as a boss and as a friend. Mm -hmm. And I, it's just little things. Mm -hmm. It's helping them to esteem themselves, to provoke them to believe in themselves and to move forward, to trust their own judgment. Mm Nice. And and cultivating them into being the best person that they can be. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go in there and preach Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I I just have to go in there and show them the love of God. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, it's this one thing that I realized early on is that Jesus is not so insecure that he needs to take credit for it. When when it's radiating off of you and you're just kind to people. They know it's God. You don't have to add in Jesus' name. And I think sometimes we get so wadded up that we're, I don't know, for lack of a better, we just act weird. And yeah. it's hard for people to, 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 to accept because they love the kind of whatever, but we don't need to keep on going because Jesus is not insecure. He just wants them to be loved on. And then yeah. they'll know it's him. Right. And you can right. do and that in a kind of a kind of covert way. Right. But you don't have to be preaching. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's doing it like uh, back around the same time that I was going through the life coaching thing. He really started uh, highlighting first Corinthians 13 and the fruits of the spirit and how they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, it, you know, God, show me your character and nature. Let me be like Jesus. So if we're carry if we're walking in First Corinthians thirteen mm-hmm. in the fruits of the spirit, we're audit- we don't have to say Jesus, we don't even have to say God. It automatically radiates out of us, exactly. and people are going to be touched by it. Exactly. Oh, that's so that's so good, and that's what they're hungry for because they're. I think a lot of people are a little inoculated to the agenda, right? But when they're just loved. They know it. And then they're open. Okay, so tell me about this Jesus, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, it's spurred, it has spurred questions before because all, all my staff know that I'm in ministry. Mm-hmm. So I don't push it on them. Mm-hmm. And it is they ask me questions, I'll answer. I don't start conversations because you have to be careful in that essence. But I um, 
if someone asks me, I will definitely tell them mm-hmm. that, you know, I'll, I'll tell them what I, my, my belief is in it, mm-hmm. but there's different situations in my, in my job where I've just loved on people and where they've been rejected by religion for one thing or another. I just sit there and love on them because I love the person. I don't like to have to like what they're doing. I don't have to like right. what they're saying. Exactly. But I love the person. Exactly. And that's what they need. Because where yeah. we're we're acting unlovable, where I'm acting unlovable, I don't expect you to love my unlovable, you know, my un- unlovable behavior. But me, I need to be loved in the and usually the most in the midst of when I'm acting unlovable, <laughs> right? That's why it's called unconditional love. It's love without conditions. So when I'm acting unlovely, when I'm sinning or whatever, I need that love even probably more because if I were filled up to begin to begin with, I probably wouldn't be acting so unlovely. Ding to ding ding, and I love that so that you're just loving the people and, and helping them. I was kind of hearing you say kind of between the lines, helping them love themselves, like building them up and encouraging them and kind of what they're getting and what they're feeling and all of that. Yes. Because, you know, all the stuff that we can pick up along the way, you know, growing up, the the families that we're, we are in, um, the, belief systems that we're in, the people that are around us, the teachers that taught us, you know, Everything that's in our regions, we culturally rise. You end up picking up parts of those things and you either look at them as good or bad. Mm -hmm. And so I try to like look at people and see, okay, where, where are they? Do they feel like they're lacking in themselves? Where do they feel like they're missing the mark within themselves? Mm -hmm. So when I see that, I'll be like, why do you know? Why do you think you feel that way? Mm-hmm. Or what are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. And I have them start looking at themselves and they'll say, well, I think because of this. And then mm-hmm. they'll go, then all of a sudden it's like that light bulb will come on from that question and God will start revealing to them the truth about themselves. Wow. Wow. Beautiful. So it's one of those things helping them. They don't, because people don't realize they hear from God all the time. Right. And if they're not go if they're not going to church, they don't think that God hears them at all or they right. even hear God. Right. Exactly. Like somehow our hearing is better in church. Sometimes our hearing is better outside of church. If you're getting preached a lot of condemnation, that shuts people down. I don't want to connect with that God. Right. But I love your story that you really started connecting with God really when you were in kind of the, the pit and it had all this stuff that was, you know, sinful or whatever, just brokenness. Um, and that's when you were hearing God because he's wild about you. It's like, I can't help myself. Like, and this is one of the reasons why I think people hate themselves because they're, uh, sometimes it's just shame and stuff that's been put on you. And sometimes we do things that are unlovely and then we condemn ourselves or someone else condemns us. And it's just a mess. And that is when we need God the most, you know? And so that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So is this now, are you doing coaching sessions now? What does ministry look like for you now? Coaching is just woven into every aspect of my life. Mm. It's not, I don't get paid to coach. Mm -hmm. I, it right now, it's just woven into every aspect of my life, kind of like ministry at all. It's all like interwoven and Mm -hmm. intersecting. Mm -hmm. And Catherine, to be honest, if I never got paid a dime for it, I wouldn't care. I know. I love that. So because. It's such a priceless gift to give somebody, to give them freedom within themselves, freedom to be with the Father, freedom to trust, freedom to love. Yeah. And it was freely given to me. It was freely. Aw. So beautiful. Freely you receive, freely give, right? That's so beautiful. And it's such a joy to see... When that the light bulb comes on and people like, wow, they're like getting it. And the freedom yeah. comes. That is priceless. That is so priceless. Wow. I love that. Has God been showing you anything um, 
new or anything else that you want to relate along these lines lately or how, how just keep on sharing what God's doing. Well, I, a few years ago I had, it was like seven or eight years ago. Now I had this vision and I felt like God was showing me that there was a generation that was coming that when the children were born, the children were going to know the love of God. Mm, beautiful. And, wow. and then just recently over the last couple of months, he showed me that we're that generation. Oh, we're that generation that when children come into our lives, when the children of God come into our lives, they're going to be born into God knowing the love of God. Mm. So good. And I can see it happening. I can see it happening where people are not going to have to go through the religious stuff right. to know that they're loved by God. Oh, that's so good. I love that. We, we are the, we are carrying the children. We are carrying the children of that generation in our heart. Mm, and we're going to help them be birthed into who they are. Mm, it's beautiful. So, wow. So you've gone through this healing journal journey in your heart, healing journey in your identity, healing journey in your body, healing journey with helping other people heal, right? It's so beautiful. God is just so, so about his kids that he just brings us into freedom and healing and wholeness and in every dimension. It's beautiful. And I do agree with you. It just starts with knowing his love. It is just like it is freely given without condition. And it's beautiful for every person. I just love it. Just love it. Yeah, it is freely given. It is. And I, oh, it, it's about sin. I, that's what I was going to talk to you about is that we put such a stigma on sin. Oh, man. Yes, sin, we do. It's, it's a dirty word. It's, it's a so dirty true. word. And the word sin automatically condemns people. It's one of those words I absolutely hate it. Me too. Because it's like people like want to run when they hear it. They feel bad about themselves. Yeah. They they don't like others because of it. And it's like it has been so abused. Oh, no kidding. As if God hasn't forgiven it, right? I mean, that's just our we need it. It's 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 just our brokenness that's expressed because we don't know who we are. We don't know who God is. We don't know who we are. And therefore, we try to get our needs met through all these fallen ways of being that are not who we are. Right. And so the church has made sin the issue when God said, I've really taken care of that. Now, let me help you uh, get past it. And, you know, so, yeah, keep on sharing. I love it because I am I'm right with you. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. I almost wish we could take the S word out. I just had someone today say, quit preaching on the love of God. You need to talk about conviction of sin. And I'm like, no, I really don't. I, I think when people get this love of God, the sin, which is an identity issue, slips off because it's not the way he made us. Well, doesn't it say love covers a multitude of sin? I think it says that somewhere. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, I think it says that somewhere. It love covers a multitude yes, of sins. It and it does. doesn't, it, it, it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't do it. I can't. It's it's the love of God. And when you're walking in the love of God and you know your identity, you don't want to sin. You exactly. don't, it's, it's organic. Exactly. First things first, knowing who God is, how much he's wild about you, knowing who you are, and your behavior will flow in line with that. Um, and, and we get it. We try to like control the behavior and condemn the behavior. And Jesus said, there's no condemnation in me. Who will lay a charge to God's elected? It is God who justifies who is he that condemns, right? So, I mean, God, that's God's attitude. Not that sin is good because it hurts us, but it's a reflection of brokenness and it just needs to be healed, not condemned. You know, and he's been talking to me about like purity and stuff like that lately. And these, I don't remember if it was Peter or Paul or which one it was, but where he laid the sheet before him with all the birds and he said, do not call unclean what I call clean. Right. He wasn't just talking about food. Right. He was talking about what he calls clean. Do not call unclean. And if we are in Jesus, we're all clean. Of course, of course. And so he's been talking to me about that and he's been bringing me back to a memory. Mm. 
a few years, few years, uh, nine years now, maybe eight years now. I had wrecked, it was 5th of July and I had wrecked, I had hit a deer that morning and wrecked my car. And I went to work and come home from work and I was tired and I come home and I laid on the couch and I started to fall asleep and I was in with that, I guess that twilight stage yeah, that like right. right before you, like you're just about asleep, but yet not asleep. Right. And I hear, this is the only time I've heard the audible voice of God. Like I, you have, the, I have that inner knowing, but right. this was like that audible, <laughs> the audible voice of God. I hear, and it wake, it woke me up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all he said to me was, you've always been with me. Oh, man. Wow. When I heard his voice and I heard him saying that every cell in my body, I mean, Mm. all the way down to the very bone, the very marrow, every cell in my body started to vibrate. Wow. Like I could feel it. I could feel my, that my body knew his voice. Of course, of course your body did. Mm. And he told me I've always been with him. Mm. I love it. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Wow. Nothing wow. can separate us from the love of God. When it says nothing can separate us, what is separating us? What just, do we think is separating us? Just in us? our minds, it's a it's a delusion of separateness, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you start realizing this stuff, okay, if I'm not separated from God mm-hmm. and nothing can separate me from his love, mm-hmm. then no one is separated from God and nothing can separate them from his love. Exactly. Exactly. Which child did God create that he doesn't love? None. Exactly. Exactly. And the I, one that was in the pig pen and he loved and the one that was with him, he loved. Exactly. And the one that was actually religious, right? You know, right? Yes. I, I've, I've toiled for you all these years and you embrace the son and haven't given me a sheep to sacrifice of my lambs. It's like, oh, you never knew me. You didn't know me. You were with me all this time. And didn't you know that all I have is yours? Right. And how tragic that the religious son didn't know the father's heart and the prodigal son originally didn't know his father's heart, but then was able to embrace his heart. And so it's, he's, it's, it's, it's for everyone. It's for all of us, right? It's so perfect. Oh my God. So beautiful. And we've, we've obsessed about who's in and who's out and right. And it's like, we're all in. So let's let Jesus handle the issues and whatever needs to happen. But, uh, but love is never up for grabs. Yeah. And, you know, in teaching people that mm-hmm. teaching people that mm-hmm. in love where let, let Jesus be Jesus and let God be God. And we need to step back. We don't need to be in control. We don't have to push God, people exactly. into God's arms. They're already in God's arms. They just exactly. don't know it yet. Exactly. Awake, O sleeper, right? And rise from the dead, right? The light is shown upon you. All of that. Wake up, wake up. You've always been with me. I've always been with you. Right. It's yeah. so beautiful. And it's really the, the blindness. Like Jesus came into the world and the world didn't recognize him. I'm here. I'm the light, but the light didn't comprehend the darkness. Well, it's just a light and darkness. It's a comprehension issue. It's a blindness issue. But the beautiful thing is the blindness can be healed and every place where yeah. we're blind can be healed because none of us are walking it perfectly. Right. So yay, we all get to be healed and it's, it's progressive, right? It's beautiful. And that's why I like people to see my junk. Right. Like even my, you know, I'm real. Like if I'm frustrated, they know I'm real. If I'm happy, they know I'm real. Right. You know, it's because I don't believe anybody's perfect. Oh God. Right. You know, we're constantly, we're constantly being changed from glory to glory. Absolutely. Which means we haven't fully arrived in the full conformity to the image of Christ. So there's something that doesn't look like him right now (laughs) in all of us. (laughs) And we can be loved and love one another in the process. Yes. And just recently, my newest prayer has been, God, I bless you in that person. Oh, 
beautiful. When I when I can't see who I need to see in them. Yeah. I bless so you and that person. That's how I'm mm-hmm. going to love. That's how I love them until I get to that place where I love them. Oh, that's so good because sometimes people are acting so hideous. I mean, you know, let's face it. There's, there's, there's evil, evil, evil happening. And you're looking at that person and how, how do you love that person? Well, you love the, you love the Christ in them until they're able to see themselves as he created them to be. Yeah. That's, oh, that's so good. That's yeah, so because there's some days, there's some days, there's some things that happen that I'm like, I don't know if I want to like that person, but I know I'm supposed <laughs> to love that person. Right? I, that, that's I actually, that helps me that I don't have to like them. I don't like you, but I do have to love you. Okay, Jesus, help me love you. Right? <laughs> 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 oh my God. I would. I used to tell my kids, I don't like your behavior right now, right. but I love you. Of course. Of course. So it's the same thing. So if I'm loving God in uh, them, I can love, I can be respectful to God in them. Yes. That's really, really good. Oh my goodness. Do you realize we've been doing this an hour? <laughs> no, it kind <laughs> of blows. Really. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Heather, I love you. You've got so much. Do you have any like final something for that you want to share? No pressure. I just want to. Sh- yeah, I just want to share love yeah. and let people know that they're loved mm. and that they're precious and they're whole. And I say that as I don't say that just to be saying it. I don't say it to have words come out of my mouth. It's the truth. People don't realize how precious and lovable they are. And I just pray that the truth of how lovable that they are come forward. Because no one, no one, no one, no one deserves to not know the truth about themselves. The truth about how much they're loved, how much they're adored. Mm. Yeah. And that's it in a nutshell. That's just that's it. Yeah. I'm feeling it. Wow. That's beautiful. Whew. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the presence of God. I don't know about you, but <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this feels good. I was this, like, oh, that's, yeah. it came and settled right in. And, the love and the peace yeah. and the mm-hmm. that fragrance, that fragrance of heaven. So beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Well, Heather, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, it's so this beautiful. Was an, this was an honor and a blessing. I appreciate yeah. you. Wow. And I, I appreciate your heart. And I appreciate what you are doing for the kingdom with love. And don't worry about what anybody else says. Just be loved. Oh, because yeah. love wins. Oh, yes. Love wins. He does. He does. Eventually, when all the shouting's over, love never fails. Now, faith, hope, and love remain. And the greatest of these is love. And it's great. And we're all smack dab in the middle of the ooey-gooey center of love. It's beautiful. It's awesome. With that, I got something quick real quick to oh, tell yes. you. So. I had a situation where I would feed people and they wouldn't eat my food. And I went out to Jackie's, my friend Jackie. Yes, we know Jackie. I went out to to Jackie's in May and I was driving home from Jackie's. And it was like, all of a sudden, my God light bulb came on and God started showing me they couldn't eat my food because I cooked with love. Mm. And they couldn't receive my love, so they couldn't eat the food. The wow. food tasted funny to them. That is so, wow. So people that tell you not to speak and preach love don't know how to receive love yet. I'm at its fullest. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Whew. So I just pray God open their eyes to love and that they're lovable and that they are worthy of love. Exactly. Yes. That is so good. And that'll, that'll preach on so many different levels. I'm seeing that. That's beautiful. That is, wow. That is so, 
powerful. And you know, when we can't receive love, we're like, we're, 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 we're really, it's like a, a sick heart because it's, it's against yeah. its original design. We're created in the image and likeness of love. And so it's our, it's our essence. And so yes. we're, we're, we're going against the grain and that's why we're, we're hurting so much and we're, we're, we're acting out so much. Yeah. 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 That's brilliant. That's so good. Well, Heather, I love you. I hope you come back, but most of all, I just want to keep in touch. I want to hear what you're doing. Um, I think those days of you being hidden are really rapidly going away. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, Catherine. I think so. I think we just opened up the can. <laughs> I am like, wow, open up that can and here she is in full Technicolor. I love it. I love it. And we need it. I say more, more. Anyway, yeah. I love it. Thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Awesome. All right, everybody, make sure you share this with someone. This is going to minister to people in ways that you don't even know yet. And um, so make sure you share it. Uh, and thank you for watching. I love you guys and have an amazing day. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.